When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone. We are so, so excited to have this episode released. Today, we get to talk with Rebecca Forstadt, who voices the character of Monami. Um, so we're just going to get started and, and get asking her questions. This is a spoiler-free episode, so feel free to listen no matter where you are in the series. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And I'm Magical Miracle Girl Usami. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. Welcome to the Don and Rupa Podcast. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. All right. So, hi, Rebecca. We are so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for coming. Well, I'm excited to be here. I'm just, you know, flattered that I was asked. Yeah, well, we love Monami. We are such big fans of Monami. And so we were so excited to get the opportunity to talk to you just about your career and about your experience recording for Danganronpa in general and, and all that fun stuff. But um, yeah, for, for starters, we wanted to know how you got started in the field of voice acting. Oh, okay. Well, I was studying to be an actor in high school. Well, it, I was in the theater in high school and then also in college. So I was trying to pursue a career in acting. I was living in Orange County at the time, and I worked at Knott's Berry Farm doing melodramas for three years. And so I decided, (laughs) yeah, I was like tied to the railroad tracks and everything. (laughs) It was fun. It was really cool. But then I wanted to move to Los Angeles and, um, you know, really get in with it. So I moved there and tried to, you know, pursue a career and... I'm trying to think of, uh, oh, I was taking a class at Strasburg in Hollywood and met a producer. He said he was a producer. (laughs) (laughs) And anyway, he got me involved with a film that I ended up doing wardrobe for several years, but I got back into doing acting. I I was actually in the wardrobe union for a while working on TV shows, but I, I really wanted to be an actress, which is really stupid because I was making really good money. (laughs) 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 meeting all kinds of you know tv stars and everything and um I started taking acting classes again and I was looking in one of the um trade magazines it was called the the Hollywood Dramalogue and they were advertising for people that had kid voices to do voiceovers and I thought well perfect you know I've always had this voice where I could fool telephone solicitors and you know (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome I know by being a kid so that was at a place called Intersound and I started working there and just never stopped after that and you know for at least almost 40 years of doing that so and it got me in, and they were doing anime and I didn't even know what it was. I mean, I, I'd seen on television 
Kimba the White Lion because I'm actually really old and <laughs> and you know those kinds of things and uh, but you know this anime was coming in and we didn't have any idea where it was gonna go I mean we didn't see it on television it we just would come in and we do the the job and then it would just kind of go out into the ether somewhere <laughs> until until Robotech came along and then that became really really popular and it really started bringing anime into the United States and you know in a big way so that's kind of what happened I have no clue you know it was just it was a job <laughs> it was like it was a gig yeah <laughs> cool. and it was a lot of fun we we've always had a lot of fun doing it that's awesome yeah we were wondering also how did you get the role of monomy um in particular <laughs> you know, I've, done, I've done so many different parts that i don't really remember a lot of detail about that i it was just you know i had worked at um certain studios and they just called me in to do it. And so I, I it wasn't, I, I didn't audition for it that I remember. I don't think I did. Um, I think it was just, they decided that that was the voice of it because of the, the work that I'd done in the past. Now, awesome. now it's like they do do auditions for stuff and I'm going like, can't you just like, you know, replay something I already did? I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> My voice is my voice. It's just, it's, that's it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. I don't have a huge range like some people do. It's just, it's a kid voice and, or a young, young adult. And even though I'm like way older than that. But. but that's awesome. Like that you yeah. still have that going for you. Like yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. The other day, um, one of my friends, Wendy Lee was saying that, you know, I think your voice has gotten uh, deeper and I went no it hasn't <laughs> <laughs> it's almost <Yeah>. insulting <laughs> no <laughs> that's awesome that's great um and so you said a little bit since it has been a while and since you've had so many roles um that you might not like remember a lot about Danganronpa specifically and like if so that's totally fine then you can just kind of speak to it more like being a voice actor in general but our next question mm -hmm. for you was um kind of what the recording process is like for you. Oh, okay. Well, the re recording process is pretty much the same in all of them. Although, you know, it, it's evolved over the years because when I first started doing it, when I was doing Robotech and shows like that, we would, sometimes we'd be in groups of people, you know, we, we weren't just there by ourselves, which we are now. And we didn't have the, what they call the three beeps that, you know, help you to find where the sync starts. Um, it's, it's a process that they have um, when you're doing dubbing or ADR and, you know, it helps you do that. We had to actually like, we, we would watch the time code and have to jump in and, and do it and then try to fit it into the mouth movements. And at the time they didn't have this software called Pro Tools which makes it kind of easy to stretch things and, you know, kind of help them fit. So we have to do it over and over until we got it right. So we got really good at it. Wow. wow. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, then a lot of people are coming in now who kind of just do it and then they just kind of stretch it and it's, you know, it, it helps it a little bit with the acting part of it because when you had to do, you know, get it right, right on, 
sometimes you could sound a little bit wooden because you're trying to make it fit and act at the same time, which is not very easy. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm making it a little bit easier. Now you're seeing more celebrities coming in and doing things like that, or, you know, they didn't have those. It's a, it's a whole different skill set than, than doing uh, original animation where you're just kind of off and you can be wild and crazy and, you know, off the, off the wall. Um, this is actually takes a skill to do it. That's wild. I had no yeah. idea it was that hard. Holy cow. <laughs> that sounds really challenging. Well, and, and the worst part is trying to write for it because I wrote for it for about 10 years and it drove me nuts because <laughs> it's oh. trying to solve a Mensa problem. And at the time that I was doing it, we didn't have certain types of software. We had a, a VCR, you know, with a, a VHS jog wheel and you had to like keep going back and forth and, and just, you know, trying to make words fit in and write them and make them make sense and you know be funny or or whatever it is and that and 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 also to try to stick to you know the story which is (laughs) (laughs) right always easy (laughs) yeah yeah especially in certain shows where you had to they you know they couldn't show certain things on television and so you had to kind of like write away from it Hmm, like what kinds of things well, like when I was writing for Digimon, I wrote three years of Digimon. What? Woo! <gasps> That's so cool. <laughs> and I've told this story before, but there was there was one episode I had to write, and the whole thing was about poop. I mean, like the the episode itself, it had all these little <laughs> little birds, you know, just like all over the place, and you couldn't say that on television. So because they really had a lot of standards and practices coming in on that show. And so, you know, we ended up calling it something like Digi Drops or something, but it was <laughs> not what they were originally. And you could really tell when you were looking at them. That's <laughs> really funny. Wow. wow. <laughs> you know, and then there was, you know, nudity and all kinds of things. And, you know, certain things were able to get out in, in certain markets, but not on television. Mm. Did you find that you liked acting or writing better for shows like this? Oh, I definitely liked the acting part. I was, <laughs> yeah, writing, writing drove me crazy. Although now I'm a blogger, so I, I, I enjoy doing that. But that's, that's like a whole different thing. It's more, you know, stream of consciousness or whatever. But it's not, it's not trying to make a puzzle. Which, right. That's yeah, cool, I, think it, I think it was just straight on writing. It would be, it would be much easier. But yeah, (laughs) I I really can't. I, I, you know, I have friends that have been doing it forever. I mean, they direct, they, they write and they act. And I, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it takes up so many hours of your time just sitting there trying to figure that stuff out. And I personally would rather be out doing more fun things than than sitting in a, in a black hole, you know, all day. (laughs) Like if I come in to do a voiceover, I'll be there for a couple of hours, maybe, or four hours at the most. But that's about all your voice can take at a time, especially my voice. But, you know, they'll sit there for all, you know, eight or 12 hours doing that. And I'm just like, whoa. I have another life. Oh my gosh, I love it. What's your blog about? 
Oh, I have, well, I have a baby boomer blog called babyboomster.com. And uh, I've been doing it for a long time and it's been doing pretty well. I do, do uh, affiliate income and I'm like a real online marketer and social media influencer. <laughs> That's, <laughs> so cool. Wow. That's so cool. cool. I know it's pretty funny. It's like younger people think like, that's really weird, but um, there's actually a really big market out there for older, older bloggers. Yeah. Well, really to cool. our audience, we highly suggest you check that out. Babybooster.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually learned how to set up websites and stuff. I was helping people do that. I mean, it's like, you have to have other things going on when you're in a, when you're in this industry, because, you know, depending on the type of voice that you have, I have a real specialty kind of voice. So if I had like kind of like a normal voice, <laughs> you know, you usually end up working a lot more, especially in, in games. Like this is a really unusual game that I was in because most of them are guys, you know, they're just guys or they're really tough female characters. They're not like the cutesy, you know, cute little characters. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of neat. Cause one of the um, unique things about your character in the game is that she is very like, has that cutesy personality, but there's also a lot of power behind her, which is <laughs> what makes the game so different. So anyway, just, well, that's cool to know. <laughs> <laughs> powerful. Yeah. Um, I so as the Ultra Hope girls here, as huge Danganronpa fans, we're also huge anime fans in general. And considering um, that you have had a lot of um, anime roles, what has your experience kind of been like being a part of the anime community? Oh, it, it's a trip. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's been... <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it for so long. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because when I first started doing Robotech, they sent us to Comic-Con in San Diego and they dressed me up, but nobody else was dressed up at the time. I mean, it was really, it was really a long time ago. It was like in the mid eighties sometime. And it was much smaller. They didn't have the huge production companies and everything coming in there. And now, it, you know, it's the complete opposite where everybody else dresses up. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I don't think they'd want to see me dressed up right now. Oh, <laughs> At that point, I actually looked a lot, a little bit like Minmei, other than I wasn't Chinese, but I was, um, <laughs> you know, had the had the hair and the, and the whole thing. When, when was your first uh, Comic Con? Like what year? That well, that was the first one. That was right after Robotech came out, so it was probably something like eighty three or eighty four. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> that is awesome. I wish I could have been to one of those in yeah. the 80s. I feel like that'd be so fun. Yeah. yeah, I haven't actually been to Comic Con since then. I've been to, you know, other conventions they, they've invited me to. I'm going to one in Fort Lauderdale in November, hopefully, if everything Yeah, is fingers crossed. Fingers yep. crossed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this last few months has been pretty nuts. Yeah, right. Where are you guys located? Are you? I'm in Philadelphia, PA. I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, I'm in Virginia. Okay. You know, my, one of my first, I think it was like my first conventions were in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) I think I did one in New York. I think that was the first one I did, but then we went to Philadelphia and 
Pittsburgh for, they were called Creation Con conventions. Oh, and we did, out, yeah. yeah, they were, um, they were pretty neat. They were, they were fun. Some of yeah. them were connected to like Star Trek conventions, which was interesting. There was one in San Francisco I did that had um, George Takai was there and we were getting as long of lines for autographs as he was. So I thought wow. that was really cool. That's so cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So our next question for you is um, what has been your favorite role or some of your favorite roles that you've ever voice acted for? Oh, okay. Um, well, obviously Robotech was a favorite because it's just, gone on for so long we just celebrated 35 years and we all got together at cam clark's house who's a voice actor i don't know if you know who he is but some of the old cast and we we filmed a uh live stream like a facebook live stream <laughs> I love that. that's awesome yeah, that's cool. yeah that, that was right before the lockdown too i mean like probably a week before the lockdown i think that we did that and then there was another one that I did that was a, a feature film called Metropolis. And I played Tima, the, the robot. And that was a really heavy duty role. I mean, it, was a, it wasn't like your, the typical, like, you know, just squeaky kind of voice kind of thing. It was, it was a really intense movie, but it was so beautiful. It was so beautifully, um, uh, the artwork in it was gorgeous. So it's, it's something that's really worth seeing. And they have a really nice soundtrack to that with Ray Charles mm. and, you know, just, uh, it's really cool. That was neat. And then um, a lot of people like uh, Code Geass also. Um, I play Nunnally in that. And we just recently did um, a new, I guess it was a, I, I think it was a, it was a feature film. I never know what they are. <laughs> I'm like, after all these time, these years, you'd think I would know anything, but I don't. And we had a red carpet premiere in Hollywood, which was really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, that was cool. All right. Cool. I was just also curious, like, um, you know, because you've been in the industry for like almost 40 years. How have you seen it change over your time in it? Well, when I first started doing it, you know, they were really writing for an, Ameri uh, an American audience until people started complaining about that. And, you know, they wanted it to be more closer to the, the Japanese. So, you know, we were, especially like in the writing and stuff, they would try to fill up a lot of the spaces where there was no dialogue. And, you know, they, because the Japanese tend to have a lot of um, empty space. It was, you know, it's more minimalistic. It's, it's kind right. of part of the thing. So they would, they were always like filling it up with dialogue and stuff. And now they don't do that so much anymore. And we have a lot of more oversight on, um, you know, where they'll have uh, some of the Japanese clients coming in and trying to make, um, give you notes. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's really annoying, but <laughs> they, you know, they get really sticklers on funny things like, you know, just like little reactions, like you're going like, uh, or, or uh, and oh, could you do that differently? You know, <laughs> like about ten different times, and it's like, come on, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> wow. But um, yeah, it's 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 different. I think they, you know, it, it's gotten so popular too, and 
you know, it's just, I think that they're more, uh, they're more daring in some of the things that they can do now. Right. Yeah. Because it's proven to be popular in yeah. America too. Yeah. That's yeah. something that's changed a lot. Well, and also because of the TV channels, I think too, where you have more cable channels, so you're able to do, you, you don't have to censor it as much. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Although there are, <laughs> there are things in Japanese anime that can be a little bit um, uncomfortable, you know, sometimes, especially for women, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got all these girls with their panties showing and <laughs> things like <laughs> there's just some craziness. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely like that is something that why, why it took me a while to get into it in the first place was that exact thing. Um, but Danganronpa has yeah. some of that, but it's explained more and it's not as it's not really that bad, honestly. But yeah, it's just a it's a whole culture difference. You know, if you're sticking to the more of the storyline of the Japanese that's that you want to you know stick with the culture too right um and I I have to just say because I was looking at your website and I saw that you have Buffy the Vampire Slayer on your like list of things that you've been featured in and I was wondering what you did for that show oh uh, I did background voices on that one so that was something that I did for a while also which is actually that one that that's a a thing that pays really well. <laughs> the, the problem with that is, is that I have such a weird voice that it sounds like a kid running through the room. So, you know, if they're doing just regular crowd walla, where you're just, you're basically what you're doing is you're sweetening up, sweetening up the background in a feature film. And so they'll, they, they'd bring me in to do like specific parts sometimes, but then a, a lot of times they wanted people that could just have kind of a really, um, a voice that didn't stand out at all, just, you know, because otherwise you, you could just hear a weirdness if you have a weird voice. So, um, yeah, so I, I worked on that. Um, I think it was like one episode of it. That was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, that, I worked on some really interesting films, like the Santa, uh, Santa Claus with Tim Allen. I was, wow. I was one of the, um, the elves laughing at like when they, they had this little one of those little um snow what do they call it? snowball things oh and the globes snow globes the snow globe yeah and um there was like uh elves laughing in the background and i was one of those elves <laughs> i love that that is amazing and also in ants there was the the um movie ants um i was like a little little ant larva <laughs> I've been, I've been bugs and I, I was a cockroach in something one time um, in um, what was it called? Oh gosh, I just went out of my brain here. <laughs> Twilight of the Cockroaches. Yeah, it was <laughs> Twilight of the Cockroaches. I was, a, I was the lead cockroach and it was a, it was a partly uh, animated, partly live action film. And huh. yeah, it was, it was pretty weird. All right, everybody. So we're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back with Rebecca after this commercial break. So since you have 
again, like you're, you're, you've been in this business for a long time and you've seen it change, you know, and you've seen like what's happened. What advice would you give for somebody just like first starting out, like trying to break in now? Do you- well, I get that question a lot. Um, not only on my website, um, I don't really have a Facebook page. People do pop up in there. I've kind of haven't been accepting as many people just because it just gets kind of weird sometimes, but yeah, a lot of people want to be a voice actor, um, but you really have to have the the motivation. The motivation to do it really has to be coming from an actor's perspective because it, you, you have to be an actor. And what you want to do is you want to not just take voiceover classes, but you really want to do theater and you want to learn about acting because it, it, you know, it's just something you, that not everybody can do. And they think, and they think that they're going to get into it. And even now, I mean, even for me, it's been difficult because uh, in the last few years, because there's so many new people coming into it, and and it's changed so much. And one of the reasons it's changed is that it's all online now, where people are doing auditions online, so they can do it from anywhere. Whereas before, the market used to be Los Angeles or New York or maybe Vancouver. But now you could be in, you know, um, somewhere in Kansas or anywhere, and you could just send in a, a, a voice tape. And then they've created these sites where people have to pay to play, where, you know, they, they're called pay to play sites. And I don't like them because, well, I've been a member of the Screen Actors Guild for since the early 80s. <laughs> and um, you just don't pay to audition. It's just, it's, not good. And then people are making a lot less money because they could go on Fiverr and do a voiceover for like $5. And so that makes it really difficult for a lot of people. And then now, now, especially right now, because of the uh, lockdown, you know, it's really gotten to the point where you had to have a home studio. And that takes a lot of, you know, like when we were doing it, we, we always had an engineer and that was a job that somebody had that now they, you know, they're getting those jobs taken away, but they, you know, they knew how to make the sound sound right and everything. And you didn't have to worry about those technical things, but now you really have to be an engineer also. And now they're, because of the pandemic, they're, you you know, people that are working a lot or are working at this time because the studios haven't been opened yet, they have to get these like really expensive equipment and, you know, they call like Source Connect and all these different things. And it's very expensive to do it. So I wouldn't say that people should give up on their dreams, but I really think that um, they really have to be an actor and be, take that really seriously that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And and that's like I'm a I'm a musical theater senior um and so that's kind of what I'm, you know, doing. But that's what I'm finding is it feels like everything is you pay to audition, you pay to attend a cattle call or whatever and it you have to have that drive and I think you also have to be like multi-skilled. Yeah. Um in order to like make a stable income and being creative all the time. Um, well, you you have to know how to market yourself too. And that was, I mean, that's one thing that I've learned doing uh, blogging and social media and things like that. But a lot of people don't do that. They just think that, you know, they're going to get called. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not like, I don't like calling people. I hate it, but 
<laughs> I was really happy for the years that we were working a lot where, you know, we had a kind of a smaller group of people and we would just do all the shows and, but now it's expanded quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I guess I figured I, I haven't retired at all. Although a lot, some people think I retired, um, but I haven't been quite as out there because of other things going on in my life that <laughs> were a little crazy for a while in the last few years. All right. Well, that kind of leads into the next question, which is, um, what are you currently working on? Like, are there any games or shows or anything you'd like to promote or? You know, I wish there were, but right now everybody's been kind of sitting back and there's been a few people that have been doing shows that the ones that have the, the big studio setups in their house, but right now, um, nothing's going on right now. Um, so I'm hoping some things will <laughs> pop up, but you know, I, I, because I've got a, a side thing going, it's more, I think it's more relaxing for me. Um, and also I get social security. <laughs> <laughs> Always a plus. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> not um, a lot because I've been a voice actor, not, not a regular, like having a nine to five job, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you have to, I, you know, that's another thing with any, anybody that's going into voice acting, they really have to have a backup plan uh, and have things on the side and, and know how to market yourself and you can make money online. It's so easy. It doesn't, it's so flexible, you know, like you can make money on your podcast. And I had a podcast for a while too. Um, really? Yeah, I did like 90 episodes and I had a girlfriend that I was doing it with and it was called the two boomer broads. (laughs) <laughs> I so good. That. <laughs> we didn't get money from that, but we didn't really pursue the sponsorships and everything. But you definitely can. So, nice. I mean, hey, what advice do you have for first out podcasters? Because that's <laughs> what we're doing right now. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I was just thinking. One thing that I've told people that wanted to be voice actors, I said, was start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, you're you're on, you're, you're using the equipment, you're uh, using your voices, you're interviewing people, you're, you know, I mean, it's a really great way to get to be um, online as a, as people hearing your voice. And it's a great way to create your own celebrity if you wanted to, you know, depending on what you're talking about, you don't have to talk about voice acting or you can talk about anything. True. Yeah, it's really not that hard to get started doing it. Yeah, that's true. Know, you know? That's what we found. We were like, let's just do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great thing to do. I love podcasts. They're fun. Definitely. I'd be doing it still, except my girlfriend moved to Laguna Woods, which is sort of like used to be called Leisure World. <laughs> She's having all this fun. She was doing all these these um, productions there. And, you know, she just got so busy that I... I could never schedule with her. So I just decided to focus on my blog. It was a lot of work because all the editing and everything that you have to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> as I was a voice actor, I couldn't just do the podcast without like cutting out all the, you know, lip smacks and the ums and ahs and everything. I just couldn't. I yep. just, I couldn't. <laughs> that takes up a lot of time. Right. <laughs> it does. <laughs> That's I, like, yeah, we're just glad we have three of us, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you have a lot of help. I was doing all the work on mine, too. 
<laughs> oh man <laughs> oh my goodness wow props to you for getting 90 yeah. episodes out then holy that cow awesome. yeah yeah they were fun though we we you know and we found that people were starting to come to us also we didn't have to really seek out guests they would uh, we had pr people that were calling us and or emailing us and you know asking us to interview a lot of authors especially oh that's, that's, awesome. that's cool because that's, that's awesome. how authors get their books out is through podcasts and different things like that yeah huh. wow hopefully <laughs> yeah maybe that'll happen for us <laughs> who knows, yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah you know if you're in a certain genre you could get all kinds of interesting people right this is true Caroline actually does have a YouTube channel that she do. um, does a lot of like book reviews and a lot of like literary style things on. Oh, and so, cool. yeah, I don't. Mandy just said, let me just toss that in. <laughs> I'm going to just promote my friend. <laughs> That's so smart. I, I think it's great. People, you know, it's just amazing. Some, especially younger people, what they, you know, people are making like tons of money on YouTube. It just you get something that goes viral and it's like, yeah. You know, like that woman that had the Chewbacca face, you know, I was like, I know. what the hell? I love that video. And of course, that is what gets viral, right? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, but some <laughs> just do like makeup demonstrations and yeah. stuff. And they just, they have these right. outrageous amounts of uh, followers. I know. Yeah. And people are spending so much more time online with um, quarantine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and and even like catching the news recently, um, which I think has led to a much much larger online presence for everyone. Yeah, everybody's doing Zoom. I I did like three Zooms I think yesterday. Oh my goodness! <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, they were interviews and stuff, but there were just things like um, my girlfriends were getting together, and then I went on a virtual tour of uh, the Los Angeles theater with the LA Conservancy. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Huh. That's super cool. All right. Well, I think that's all the questions we have. Thank you so much for coming on this yeah, podcast and talking with us. Oh, thank you. It was a lot of fun. It was really, yeah. it really was. It was great. We're so glad that you had fun. Yeah. But yeah, thank you again. And um, to our audience, we hope that you will check out Boomster, babyboomster.com. Um, <laughs> and yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Or you, can, you, so you can go to my regular website, which is RebeccaForstat.com for my yes. stuff. So. Awesome. <laughs> yeah definitely check that out all right everybody thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of ultra hope girls we were so excited to get the chance to talk to rebecca she was such a joy to have on make sure you follow us on twitter on instagram on facebook we always announce whenever we have a new interviewee coming on the podcast and we have a couple of exciting ones coming up so definitely check that out and if you're interested in being part of the conversation with the ultra hope girls we have a patreon where there are a awesome perks you have additional episodes by each of us you can join our discord server it's a really really good time and if you want to learn more about the ultra hope girls you can check out our website at ultrahopegirls.com and the best way to support the podcast is if you're able to leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts. it always means the world so thank you very much in advance and we will see you all next week bye